Hi, I'm Alex Rubit, and you're listening to Grace to Your World. If this is your first time joining me, this ministry is all about providing you with an understanding of the grace of God, which will empower you to change your world and to live the overcoming life. You see, God wants us to live in victory. Yet in order for us to do so, we must have an understanding of His unconditional love and His unmerited favor that has been made available to us through the finished works of Jesus Christ. And so I truly believe this is going to bless you today. Now to find out more about our ministry and to access other free resources, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's teaching. You know, the Bible says Jesus was made sin with our sin. And so he literally on the cross, that, that, that spiritually dead self that we used to be, he took that upon himself. You know, it's literally like on the cross, he received us to himself. And when he received us to himself, he received all of our sicknesses, our, our, our sins, uh, our infirmities. And he took that upon himself. He bore it on the cross so that you and I wouldn't need to bear it. And so it's literally when he was on that cross, the old self, the sinner, us, we were there with him, not physically, spiritually, we were there with him. When he died, we died with him. When he was raised on the third day, that's when we, he, he brought us in a sense with him. That's when we were, that's when we were born again, ultimately. Now this may not make sense to your mind. I'm, I'm saying some things here that are hard to understand necessarily, that they might be hard to understand with the mind, but, but listen to this with your heart. Let the Holy Spirit make it real to you. Who you are is the righteousness of God if you're in Christ. Look at Colossians uh, chapter 2, uh, verse 11. I want to look at some more scriptures uh, here that make this very clear. Colossians uh, chapter 2, verse 11, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? When you know who you are, friend, uh, grace will now teach you how to live according to who you are. Uh, and so, um, Colossians 2, 11, I'm going to look at this in the King James, and then I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. It says basically the same thing as Romans 6, 6. Look at this now. He says, in whom, speaking of Jesus, in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, praise God, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, as talking about the sin root, the sin nature, by the circumcision of Christ. And so he says that you've put off that body of the sins of the flesh through being in Christ. Look at this in the New Living Translation, makes it very clear. New Living Translation says, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. He says, Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. Does that make it clear enough for you? He says, he cut away your sinful nature. You don't have a sinful nature. Never again will you say, Alex, I'm a sinner saved by grace. That is error. You were a sinner, friend. The sinner died when Jesus died on the cross. That's when your old self died with him. And so now you don't have to struggle to overcome your sin nature. You just have to renew your mind so that you can discover who you already are in him. And then you can live according to that. 
And so I love that he says, you were circumcised. <laughs> you may have not known this, friend, but you are circumcised. Whether you're male or female, you are circumcised. <laughs> you see, because what you want to understand, I've, I've told you before, that everything in the Old Covenant is, is a type and the reality is found in Christ. And so circumcision under the Old Covenant was a type and it was pointing to the antitype or the reality which is found in Christ. Somebody says, Alex, uh, why did they, why did God have people get circumcised under the Old Covenant? Uh, and, and people have all kinds of answers. They'll say, well, it's a cultural thing. No, you know, God is not into cultures. I'll tell you this right now. God is not into cultures. You see, the Word of God is not outdated. The Word of God is timeless because the circumcision under the Old Covenant was a type which was actually foreshadowing the true circumcision, which the Bible here says is a spiritual circumcision. And the spiritual circumcision is the cutting away of your sinful nature, praise God. And so, friend, you're, you having a born-again spirit means you have a circumcised spirit, praise God. That means your spirit is completely pure. Your spirit is completely clean. Your spirit is as righteous as Jesus is. You see, this is who you are. And so now you got to renew your mind to live according to that. You see, you'll always be able to tell whether somebody's preaching the New Covenant or the Old Covenant because a guy who's preaching the Old Covenant is a guy who tells his congregation, uh, you're just a no-good sinner. You know, I really need you to do better. Uh, you got to really get rid of all this sin. Uh, you'll probably be in hell by 12 o'clock, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. Well, that's Old Covenant, but sadly, friend, there's a lot of churches that are preaching that kind of stuff. Well, that's wrong. That's not what we ought to be preaching under the new covenant. No, we ought to be telling people about who they are in Christ. Amen. Uh, look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verse 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. I'm just going to be hammering this in, praise God, uh, that, that who you are in Him is righteous. And then we're going to look at the purpose of the law and why it's not for you. Um, now he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, he says, But of him are you in Christ Jesus. And so that's where you are spiritually, you are in Christ Jesus. Now if you're in Christ Jesus, he says this, uh, he says, uh, But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And so, friend, Jesus has become your wisdom, your righteousness, your sanctification, and your redemption. Praise God. Catch this now. Because you're in Him, you have wisdom. And so, who you are, the real you, has wisdom. Alex, it doesn't always feel like this. i got this thing going on in my life. I don't know what to do. Well, friend, receive who you are. You've got wisdom because you're in Christ. Now say, Holy Spirit, show me what to do. Holy Spirit, help me to receive the wisdom that's already in my born-again spirit. You see, praise God. And so, Jesus is your wisdom. Watch this. Jesus is your righteousness. That means because you're in Him, you're righteous. Because you're in Christ, you are wise. Because you're in Christ, you're righteous. He's your sanctification. That means because you're in Christ, you are sanctified. You're not in the process of being sanctified, friend. You are sanctified. Amen. Say, I am sanctified. And Jesus is your redemption. That means you have been fully redeemed. I want you to say out loud right now, I, I am wise. Say, because I'm in Him, I am wise. Say, I am righteous. 
say, I am sanctified, and say, I am redeemed. That is who you are if you are in Christ. doesn't matter if you're not living it fully. You want to begin to receive who you are in Him. Amen. Uh, look at uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 4. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 4 says, says this. He says, for Christ is, watch this now, the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. That's pretty clear, isn't it? So Christ is the end of the law to righteousness to everyone uh, who believes. And so in other words, when you're in Christ, the, you know, he's now become your righteousness. And so you no longer need to perform by the law to try to be righteous. No, Jesus has become your righteousness. Amen. And so Christ is the end of the law. Watch this now. For righteousness to everyone that believeth. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Now, what I'm going to uh, be very clear on, uh, because we want to make sure there's no misunderstandings, is we want to be very clear that the law, friend, actually still has its place today. You see, there's still a place for the law today. Now, I've been saying a lot of things, and I've been saying, you know, you're, you're, you're free from the law, uh, but I don't want you to think that I'm talking bad about the law. If I believe any authentic minister of this gospel of grace will never talk bad about the law, you see, because we, we uh, the, the law is perfect. You know, the, the, the law is perfect. Man, everything about the law is, is perfect, and so uh, we reverence the law. Amen. We, we appreciate the law. The law is perfect. But watch this. Here's the issue. We're not perfect. Amen. In ourselves, we're not perfect. And so imperfect man can never perform enough to keep a, you know, a, a, a perfect law. And you see that? That's the whole issue is, is that the law, the purpose of the law was never to make anybody righteous. No, friend. The purpose of the law was to show us that we can never perform to be right with God. Look at Romans uh, chapter 3, verses 19 and uh, 20. We want to understand the place that the law holds, uh, and, and then we come to appreciate the law for what it is, because the law ultimately uh, brings us to Christ. You know, the law shows us we can't perform enough to be right with God. We need Jesus. And so, he says here in Romans 3.19, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, watch this, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. That's the purpose of the law. Verse 20, Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Watch this. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. You see, and so the law is here to give us knowledge of sin. It's almost like, you know, if there was no law of Moses, we wouldn't know the standards of God. You know, you'd almost get to this point of, like this was me, honestly, before I got, uh, before I even understood the gospel and, and truly came to know the Lord. That You know, it was like, I was one of those people who said, well, why do I need to get saved? There might be somebody watching and say, uh, why do I need to get saved? Alex, I'm doing the best I can. Uh, I'm certainly better than this other guy over there. Well, the law is here, friend, to show you that even your best is, is not going to be good enough when it comes to, uh, to God. You know, God is perfect. And so 
that will require you to be perfect. And so the law shows us, it gives us knowledge of sin. The law, in a sense, sets up an impossible standard. It's like, uh, here's a 30-foot wall. Now, to be right with God, jump over that 30-foot wall. Now, how many know none of us will be able to jump over that 30-foot wall? And so the law was given to show you that you can't ever do this. It really took Jesus to come into the earth, praise God, and to jump over that 30-foot wall. <laughs> you know, the only man who was ever able to keep the law was Jesus, the perfect man, the Son of God. And so the law is there to show you where you fall short. And so the law is there to bring us to Christ. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, starting at verse 8. And so we appreciate the law, uh, but we're not under the law, you see, because when you're under the law, here's what the law does. The law only shows you what's wrong. You know, the law can show you, okay, this is sin, that's sin, you fall short in this area. And so the law is going to show you all the areas where you fall short, uh, but it's not going to show you how to fix it. Well, the Spirit of Grace, on the other hand, now says, I'm going to take over. Where, where, where before there was the law, I'm going to take over now. And the Spirit of Grace says, I'm not just going to show you areas where you can improve. He does that. He shows us areas where we can improve. But He always does it without condemnation. It's, it's conviction without condemnation. But not only does the Spirit of Grace show us where we can improve, no, friends, He's going to show us how to do it. He teaches us to live right. And so as a result, there's less sin under, under grace than there is under the law. There's less sin under grace if grace is properly taught and understood, you see. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. I want you to see this. He says, but we know that the law is good. You see, there's nothing wrong with the law. He says the law is good if, everybody say if, if a man use it lawfully. Now, what does it mean to use the law lawfully? It simply means that you're using it for the purpose for which it was intended. There's a wrong use of the law. There's a correct use of the law. And so he says, if, if a man use it lawfully, verse 9, knowing this, here it is, that the law is not made for a righteous man. Friend, I hope I have made it clear to you that if you are in Christ, that is you, you are that righteous person. If you are in Christ, you are righteous. The law is the end of righteousness to everyone who believes. And so the law is not made for a righteous man, but watch this, who is the law for? But for the lawless, for the disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, uh, verse 10, the law is for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Verse 11, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. And so the law is not for a righteous person. The law is for the unsaved person. It is to show the unsaved person that they need help. The law is not for a born-again believer. The law is literally for, uh, for a sinner, to show the sinner that they need help. Well, if you're in Christ, the sinner in you died with Jesus 2,000 years ago. You're now righteous. You no longer need the law. Now you got the Spirit of grace. 
And so let's finish off today in uh, Galatians chapter 3, uh, verses 13 and 14. One uh, should really understand today that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, takes the place of the law in the born-again believer. The Spirit of grace takes the place of the law in the born-again uh, believer. Let's finish with this here in the few minutes we have left. Uh, and we'll pick it up next time. Amen. And just say out loud once more, one more time. Say, I'm the righteousness of God. I am just as righteous as Jesus. This may seem radical to you, friend, but it's true in your spirit. And I want to emphasize again, I, I sense somebody is there who says, Alex, I don't know. I just don't feel it. Well, friend, the thing is this, the thing that's true about you in your spirit, you're not going to be necessarily able to feel that in your emotions or in your body. It's a spiritual reality. The spiritual truth is, if you're in Christ, who you once were is dead. Now, the old you left behind a, a, a way of thinking. Now you just got to change that way of thinking. You renew your mind in the Word. As you do that, Holy Spirit will help you to live according to who you now are. And so, no matter what you're into, no matter the addictions you might be struggling with, I want you to confess every day, I'm the righteousness of God. Jesus is my righteousness. And automatically, that's going to put your attention on Jesus. It's going to take your attention away from your performance. It's going to put your attention on Him. When your attention is on Him, the Spirit of grace can work now to transform you. You see, uh, remember the Bible said, it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. And so that tells me that whenever there's might or power, we're actually blocking the Holy Spirit from, from fully operating in our lives. You see, in order for a person to truly be led by the Spirit, that person has to understand that they're free from the law. Because anytime you try to do something, well, it's like the Holy Spirit now just kind of sits back. You know, He's there. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. But He loves you so much, He's going to say, all right, I'm going to let you try to do that your way. And I'm just going to hang out back here. Um, you know, and, and whenever you decide to, to let me in, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come in I'm, and I'm going to help you. And so it's not by might nor by power. It's by you saying, Lord, I need you. Lord, I'm struggling with this. I need you. Help me. And then he comes in. Amen. And at the same time, you keep renewing your mind, man. You keep focusing on who you are in him. Amen. I trust you are catching this. Now, let's finish off today with these two, with these two verses here. And we'll continue next time. Amen. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Oh, well, see, so we're released from the law, delivered from the law, and we've been redeemed from the law. And so Jesus literally purchased our freedom from the law. He says, Christ has redeemed us from the law. He's bought us back from the law. He's redeemed us from the, from the curse of the law. See, the law was a curse. It was not a blessing. The law was a curse. It was not a blessing. I'm going to ultimately show you, really, that the law is, 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 is really the wrath of God. You know, that was God uh, in that covenant. You see the wrath. Well, now we're delivered from that. Why? Because Jesus, in His body, He bore all of those consequences of, of sin. 
all of the consequence of, of sin Jesus took in his body, the curse that came as a result of sin, Jesus took it in his own body on the, on, on the cross. And so he says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Verse 14, this is why he did it, that the blessing of Abraham may come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so the blessing of Abraham, amen. And so I want you to, to know this, that under, the, under, under grace, you're redeemed from the curse that came with the law, but you still get all of the blessings that came with the law. Remember, the law was, you know, if you do this, you'll be blessed. If you don't do this, you'll be cursed. It's Deuteronomy 28 describes the blessings and the curses. Well, you've been redeemed from the curses because of Jesus, praise God. Praise God. But you still get all of the blessings. And he says also, the blessings of Abraham are yours as well. <laughs> and so all of that is available to you, friend. This is unmerited favor. I hope you can see that you would never be able to take credit for that. You could never work for this. You could never earn this. This is unmerited favor. Now, I want you to notice this. We'll finish off with this. Verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now look at the end of verse 14, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. I want you to notice, redeemed from the law, receive the Spirit. Redeemed from the law, and in exchange, receive the Spirit. So I want you to see that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, has replaced the law of Moses in the life of a born-again believer. And so, the law is not your teacher. The law just brings a person to Christ. Now the Holy Spirit takes the place of the law, and He will teach you and guide you and help you uh, uh, to live right. And so, friend, what I'm saying is this, just trust Him. Whatever you're going through, trust Him and, and, and get into His Word. You know, uh, being led by the Spirit is not an excuse for not getting into the Word, because the only way that the Spirit can lead you effectively is through the Word. And so you got to get into the Word. Uh, you got to see what the Word says about you in Christ. You got to hear this Word of Grace as you're doing right now. And listen to it. Listen to these teachings again. Listen to it more than once. And the Holy Spirit all the while is working on your heart, confirming your identity in Christ to you, showing you who He's made you to be. And I want you to know, just catch a revelation of His love. Man, once you understand how God, how much God loves you, He loves you with a perfect love. And so you can stop sweating, stop performing, and start receiving what He's made available to you. You see, when we receive His love, that enables us to love. Receiving His goodness helps us to be good. And so, who are you? If you're in Christ, you're the righteousness of God. If you're in Christ, God sees you perfect in the Spirit. Now grace is teaching you to live according to that. If you fall short, there's no room for condemnation. Just say, thank you, Lord. You've already forgiven me. Father, I receive the forgiveness for this. Your blood cleanses me from all unrighteousness. And you move on. And that, friend, is how heart transformation takes place. And a transformed heart will always produce a transformed life. Amen. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubit. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again tomorrow as we continue growing in our understanding of God's grace. Now to find out more about our ministry and to access the full-length audios of this and other teachings, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, go to alexrubitministries.org forward slash give. Now I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again on tomorrow's podcast.